This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Ground and pound. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe... Welcome back to another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I'm your host, as always, Jeremy Brand, and I have two fantastic guests lined up for you today. Rounding out the show is Joe Daddy Stevenson. You guys should know the name if you are any fan of the UFC. This guy was the tough two winner. He was also a UFC lightweight title contender, and he's now working on the DirecTV critically acclaimed TV show, Kingdom. He is their MMA consultant. He'll join me a little later to talk about the show and the rest of his mixed martial arts career. And kicking things off with me is movie star and UFC fan Devin Sawa. Not just UFC, but MMA. This guy knows a thing or two about the sport and will discuss all things MMA with Devin Sawa. But right now, we're going to get right into... Sometimes these things happen in MMA. For the week of August 29th through September 4th, the big rumor swirling earlier in the week was that Fedor had signed with the UFC... While officials hadn't announced it, ComBratPress.com learned from sources that it was a done deal. Unfortunately, talk has quieted down since then, so we don't know what has happened with Fedor. A guy that Fedor knows quite well, fellow Pride heavyweight Antonio Big Nog Nogueira, has announced his retirement and will serve as a part of UFC Brazil head offices. After two retirements last week, another retirement this week as well as Big Nog, Canadian Sam Stout has hung up the gloves this week. Good luck to whatever Stout has in his future. Unfortunately, Claudia Gedalia is injured. She says her bout with Joanna Youngjacek is not off, but word on the street is that it is in jeopardy. Chris Lieben was sentenced to 120 days in custody and three years probation for his June break-in at the San Diego apartment he once shared with his estranged wife. Despite not having fought in what seems like forever, Habib Nurmagomedov is the latest to sign an endorsement deal with Reebok. As if UFC title fight wasn't enough to deal with this weekend. John Dodson not only has to deal with Demetrius Johnson, but he had to leave Las Vegas midweek as his wife gave birth to their daughter, Delilah Sky. Congratulations to the Dodsons. And finally, Chael Sonnen will commentate World Series of Fighting. That should be some serious fun for the NBC SN viewers. Fight announcement time. Not too many came up this week, but here are a few of the big ones. Tisha Torres takes on Michelle Waterson at UFC 194 in Vegas. Leon Edwards takes on Tough 21 winner Kamaru Usman at UFC on Fox 17. Du Ho Choi versus Sam Cecilia has been added to UFC Fight Night 79 in Korea. And UFC Fight Night 76 in Dublin has added Neil Siri versus John Delos Reyes. That's it for this week's edition of Sometimes These Things Happen in MMA. And right now, let's get right into my first guest, 
Devin Sawa. Joining me now is a guy that I've tried to have on the show for probably about a year now. I've been hitting him up on Twitter. Just this past week, he chat with Dwayne Finley of Bleacher Report, so I sort of, you know, tickled his feet and got him interested. He's a local cat from Vancouver, but living in L.A. Uh, Devin Sawa, the actor, is joining Sucker Radio right now. Devin, thanks for joining me, man. What's up, man? I, listen, I, I've been away. I've been... Uh, my schedule's been crazy. I wanted to do your show. It just, it just, I, it happens that I'm back in LA and I got some time now and I got, there's so much to talk about. And so I'm, I'm happy you're having me on, man. Now, for sure, yeah. So some people might wonder why we have you on the show. I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of UFC fans follow you on Twitter. You're a giant mixed martial arts fan. How did you get into the sport of MMA and being the fan that you are? Well, you know, I, I, like a lot of people, started watching it in the very, very early, early days. I, I didn't, you know, I was a young, I was a young guy, you know, I was minus minus 13, 14 years old. I, I would go down to the video store and uh, rent the, the UFD uh, videotapes and watch those. And that's how I first started watching it. Um, me and my buddy would just, you know, we'd, we, we used to hate Hoist Lacey because we had no idea what he was doing. Uh, we, we just loved the, the whole spectacle of it. Um, and, and it kind of started there and I've kind of evolved with it. I've trained in it. Um, and, and, you know, the more I got to know, the more I fell in love with it. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been a fan for a while. Do you still train or is it something that you just dabbled with? I, I just dabble. I mean, I, I still train here and there. I always just kind of dabbled it as a hobby. Did it at some pretty legit places, but always just as a hobby. Um, I could probably, you know, I, I got into it very late and probably could never do what those guys do, but it's so, it's so much fun to learn, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, I was, I was at Legends for a while and, and got to, got to play around at 10th Planet Jitsu for a bit, um, for, you know, for, for a few months and, and, uh, went to other places and, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I just been uh, I just been dabbling, having no, a lot of fun. No kidding. Now you you do really get into it on on fight nights uh, with fans and whatnot. How do you deal with all the trolls out there? Uh, so far, it hasn't been that bad. I mean, I've had some people, uh, uh, you know, disagree with me, and, and but uh, but it hasn't been so bad. You know, I just I just it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So far, no one no one's been that bad. So, no bad trolls. <laughs> now I know you said you've been a fan since the get go. Um, just yeah. this morning, it was announced. Well, sort of sources are announcing that Fedor has signed with the UFC. What are your thoughts on this? Man, and- I didn't even know. See, I, I, I started a new project yesterday, and I worked. We're not allowed to have our phones on set because it's very secret. The project. There's no phones, no picture taking, whatever. So I, I have literally been out of the world a little bit, and I never, I didn't even know that. That is, that is amazing news. I am so happy about that. Yeah, CombatPress.com announced that they have uh, a numerous sources saying that he has signed. The UFC has not officially announced it. Um, what are your thoughts on on the 38 year old entering back inside the MMA realm, especially at the UFC level? Well, here's the thing. I mean, if it was any other division, I'd be, I'd be scared. Uh, or 38-year-old, you know, getting in there. But the heavyweight division is primarily made up of guys over the age of 35, guys that he fought with already, um, guys that probably have a lot more fight years on them than he does now that he's taken a break for so long. Um, there's a lot of fights I want to see. I'd like to see him uh, refight uh, uh, Bigfoot again. I'd like to, uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to see him fight for Zoom, although I think for Zoom it's 
evolved. It's that much better now. Um, I'd like to see him drop and maybe fight Hendo at a catch late. That'd be cool to see. Hendo's, Hendo's up there in fight here now. I think it could be even. Uh, Gable might be, might be, you know, repaired and recovered and, and fresh. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I own two fan sweatshirts. I've only purchased two fan sweatshirts online. It's Fedor and it's BJ Penn. It's like, I haven't, I don't, I don't have any other fan stuff. That's the two, <laughs> that's the two things I own. So that's, that's how excited I am. That is awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see him back in there myself. It'll be interesting to see who they line him up with first because they don't they don't want to see the guy have a loss coming into the organization. Yeah, who, who, do, you, who do you think they'll throw him? I don't know. Do for, it could be someone like Amir or a... Uh, it, it's tough to say. Arlovsky, maybe, Arlovsky could be cool. Maybe Gonzaga? Just to, just to give him that, it wet his feet a little bit? Yeah, that'd be interesting. The word on the street that they're saying is is that he could co-main event UFC 193. Now, uh, who's on that card already? I, that, don't, I, that, I know that's the Rousey versus Holm main event in Melbourne, Australia. Oh yeah, that'd be that sort of be the co-main event, huh? That'd well, be interesting. Yeah, and and Bigfoot and Mark Hunter already on that card, so I don't know whether so something he'd walk out to he'd walk out to ninety thousand plus fans, huh? Yeah, which would be insane. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'd be watching that. Let's flip the script a little bit here. We talked heavyweights. Let's talk flyweights. This weekend we have UFC 191, Demetrius Johnson, John Dodson. A lot of people raz the 125-pound division. I personally think they're one of the most exciting guys inside the octagon. What do you think of this main event? Listen, I, uh, I like the division. I like other guys in the division. I'm a big Benavides fan. I'm a big uh, Uncle Creepy fan. But I don't know. The Dodson, the, the reason, I, something about my spider coming out with Ninja Turtle socks, and, and I, I just can't get on board with it. Um, but that's just me. I mean, he, he's uh, unquestionably one of the best pound-for-pound fighters out there. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm trying to get there. For sure. And the co-main event of this fight card, Andre Arlovsky, Frank Mir. Can you believe that in 2015 we are seeing these guys in a co-main event slot with potential number one contender status on their record? It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. That that shows you why Fedor can get into that division. Exactly. For the example, I I saw on your Twitter you're having a tough time uh, picking that fight. Do you do you have any pick for that fight? How how is your your heart lying with fate or with uh, Andre Arlovsky versus Frank Mir? I'm probably I'm probably going to lean towards Mir. I've always been a big Mir fan, but those two guys are both legends. It's one of those fights you, you can't lose. You know what I mean? Although either one of those guys going up against Verdum or Cain Velasquez, it's just not it's not going to go well. I also saw on your Twitter that you can't wait for uh, Chris Weidman fight against Luke Rockhold. The end of 2015 has some giant fights lined up. Other than that fight, what else are you looking forward to? Uh, I don't have the internet in front of me, so I don't know what the. What, I, I'm I'm interested to see, to see what Aldo and McGregor do. Um, that that's interesting to me. Um, I'm not interested in the uh, in the uh, Holmes and, and Rousey fight. I, I mean, I'm gonna watch it, of course, but it's just I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't fit for me. Um, what else is there? Do you think that? 
do you think that Chris Weidman, uh, Luke Rockhold, a, a lot of guys, I mean, Weidman says he's he's not uber excited for this fight. He thinks he's going to walk all over Rockhold, and Rockhold obviously looks at the the other way, and he thinks Weidman's fought nobody. Uh, I, I see that your team, Chris Weidman, how do you think he gets this yeah, one done? I think, I think uh, it's just the opposite of Weidman's fought nobody. I think Weidman has done a lot in sport. I think he's underrated. I think I think he's, he's, uh, he's a real deal. He's young. He's... he's uh, Exciting to watch. He he be the question he juiced up Anderson Silva twice. Um, and he's 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 the real deal. I think he's uh, I'm a huge fan, huge huge fan. Another thing I noticed you're a huge fan of is is not just the UFC, not just MMA, but Meta Morris and the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu scene as well. This is something that that you've taken um, into heart as well, eh? Yeah. Well, the Meta Morris thing was kind of disappointing that they threw that bomb. I had no idea about that last card. I, I really, I, all of a sudden, an hour before it started, um, there was, there was, you know, I, that's when I heard about it. I they didn't know crap on it. They kind of just threw it out there, and and I couldn't get, I couldn't get to somewhere where I could watch it within an hour, so I missed it. And I heard that the, uh, the, uh, who was it? Uh, who was the main event on that one? Curran versus. Carl yeah. Oh yeah, Carl Parisian. Yeah, I forget who he was up against, but yeah. It I was, heard that fight was bonkers. I heard it was good. Yeah, the entire card. It was actually they had it dubbed as an underground series with with not the main card status kind of guys on it, and it turned out to be one of their better cards. I would have lo- I would have liked a little more time to know about it. That's all. But yeah, I love that stuff. I love that. I love what Ben Morris is doing. And the next day they had EBI four, the Eddie Bravo Invitational, and that thing was bonkers. Didn't see that either, but uh, I heard about. It. I just I wasn't interested to watch it. But yeah, I love where all that stuff going. I love watching combat sports. I want to get more into wrestling. You know, being from Canada, we wasn't it wasn't really part of our it wasn't really part of our thing growing up. We didn't have wrestling in high school. We you know wasn't uh, wasn't big for us. And I'm starting to learn it more and more. And uh, and I want to start watching that more. Now I got a couple sort of if questions for you. I, I know you you did a sh- a movie called The Philly Kid, which was a mixed martial arts movie a couple of years back. Um, yeah. If you could have taken this script on and, and done it the way you wanted to, and did it turn out the way you wanted it to? And if you could make a mixed martial arts movie, what would sort of the premise of your mixed martial arts movie be? Well, the Philly Kid, it did turn out, it turned out better than I thought it would. Um, I'm, I'm happy with it. The director did an amazing job for what he was given. We were given, um, no money for that movie, and the only reason I did it was because I was training, because of my love of mixed martial arts. Um, I think that they did a really good job. Rich Clemente did the the, uh, the fight choreography, and, and uh, he had some, you know, Sean Jordan was the main bad guy, he played uh, a Russian fighter, and uh, I was I was quite uh, surprised the way it turned out. I was, I was happy. I don't think I would change that one. Um, as far as doing an MMA movie, I think there's so many out there. I, I don't know. I don't know how it, I, I, if I was to do one, I'd, I'd probably start with a story first, kind of like Rocky, make it a story and then bring the MMA into it. Um, I think that, that can be done. But, uh, I don't know. Also, you've acted... It's a tough one because, Go ahead, yeah. It's a tough one with MMA, it's a tough one with MMA movies, too, because... You know, audiences watching movies want to see a lot of the stand-up stuff. That's, you know, they want to see a lot of the... They don't, you can't really showcase the jiu-jitsu and the wrestling. Most of the audience won't get it. Um, so it's tricky, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think the one that, that did pretty well was Warrior. I think that one sort of... 
it it got people interested in the mixed martial arts scene. It definitely the fight scenes weren't exactly the way MMA fights go down, but that's the one that sort of sticks out in my mind as as something that was pretty genuine. Right. I mean, it got a little cliche at times. There was, a, you know, with the with the uh, with the army sitting in the front row and, and stuff like that. It got yeah. A little cliche, but but it was good. It was good. Now you have acted alongside some pretty great actors. Of any of these guys or girls that that you've uh, worked alongside, which one would you see making the best mixed martial artist? Oh man, I, I would have to say uh, Maggie Q in the strawweight division might might be something. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I don't know. I don't. I you know a lot of the other. I don't. I don't see a lot of the actors I've worked with getting in there really. No. So of all time, you, you've been a fan from the get-go. What's your number one fight that sticks in your memory that you, that you remember the most? Well, it's, it's, it's got to be a tie. The, the, the jones uh, Gustafson fight in Toronto, I was there, and I was sitting right next to Dana White, and uh, Chris Byron was a couple uh, seats down, and, and, and that whole the Toronto was, was electric. Um, that one will never. It's the most fun I've had watching the fight. Like it was really, it was, it was so much fun. Um, but on TV, the the last um, Roy McDonald and uh, and uh, Robbie Lawler fight was was amazing. It's just, it's just, it's a perfect example of how how MMA's evolved. You know, it's, it's, you show you show that you know everybody used to love that um, that Forrest Griffin Stephen Bonner fight. You know, yeah, slug fest, a lot of blood, whatever. But those two guys, Lawler and, and McDonald, showed how they had the same heart, they had the same determination, but it was all so technical and kept together. And, and you know what I mean? It was it was it was a lot better to watch. And I think that was that's that's another standout fight for me. For sure. Now let's talk movies a little bit. The first movie that I went to see with my now wife was one of your films. It was Idle Hands back in the day. Um, Oh man! Whatever happened to Idle Hands too? I, I mean, this this never came to fruition. Well, Idle Hands is a tricky movie. They were they were expecting it to do better in the box up, but it came out the same weekend Columbine happened, around the same weekend. So they pulled it in a bunch of states, and they, they kind of pulled the advertising. And it was, um, you know, a movie about a kid going on a killing rampage in his high school. It was it was didn't fly, so it was kind of buried. But uh, you know, maybe maybe in the future they'll reboot it, put a new kid in there. Yeah, It'll be better. <laughs> Speaking of better, Final Destination was one of my favorite flicks back in the day. It, it, it did really well. It had me tremble every time that I I, I crossed the Lionsgate Bridge here in Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. What what happened with with the rest of that series? It, none of them did as well as the first one. And I mean, obviously sequels and, and third movies don't necessarily do as well as the first one. But what made you not want to shy away from the first one? You didn't move on to the next ones. Um, that was just the producer's choice. They wanted to do a, a young cast every time, a young new cast. Um, but I, I think uh, I think number five is, is the best. In my opinion, number five is the best series, especially if you've seen it in 3D. Um, I think one and five are, are are the two best ones. That about does it here. He is Devin Sawa, actor, UFC fan, um, also from Vancouver, British Columbia. Devin, just let people know 
if they want to chat mixed martial arts with you, where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe, any projects you have going on that you'd like them to know about, the floor is yours, man. Absolutely. Sure, man. I'm, uh, I'm Debbie D. Sal on Twitter, and I talk, if you want to hear about MMA, I talk a lot about it, uh, a lot about it weird things. Um, some movies coming out. I did a, I did a sequel I, I did a sequel to um, FOC Punk, which comes out in January, um, which I'm excited about. I also did a movie with Travolta, Sharon Stone, Pete Bosworth about linemen, about the guys that work on the electrical line. That comes out this fall, and uh, there's a horror called uh, Molly Hartley that's coming out this fall. There's a lot of cool stuff to watch for. Um, and, uh, yeah. This che- checking your IMDb, this Broad Squad show that that sounds like something that I'm going to check out. No, Broad Squad didn't get picked up, unfortunately. Oh no! Uh, now there's a lot of good stuff at ABC, and they chose not to go with it. So I'm doing something that's actually uh, I can't really talk about, but it's a lot cooler than than uh, Broad Squad. So it was cool, but but this one I'm doing right now is it, going to be amazing. I just can't get into it yet. Awesome, Devin. Uh, all the best, man, and I'll keep up with you on Twitter. I, I'm sure we'll have some back and forth over the weekend with UFC 191, man. All right, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Let's do this again. Joining me now is a man who you all should know. He is a former Ultimate Fighter champion. He is a former title contender in the UFC, and he's now working on... The critically acclaimed hit MMA drama series Kingdom on DirecTV. Please welcome Joe Daddy Stevenson to Sucker Radio. Joe, thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to uh, to get out and tell everyone what I've been up to and about what's going on with Kingdom and everything like that. Let's yeah, let's talk about Kingdom. Let's start right from there. How did this all come about? I mean, you you're a former fighter. You you took some time off, I guess, and and now Kingdom has come into play. How did this all come about? How did you get notified that you were going to do this? Did you have to audition? Just let people know how it all came about. Um, well, I was thinking about taking a fight in in Sweden and I was going to ask for like the video rights and I was just about to call the promoter and say, yeah, I got a text from Greg Jackson, my coach. And he was like, can you talk? And I was like, yeah. He's like, when? I was like, right now? He called and he's like, hey, would you be free to do like a two-week camp to help get some actors up to date on mixed martial arts? And I was all, yeah. So they had me write out a syllabus, exactly what we'd be doing, a breakdown. They wanted every hour, but we did like every 10 minutes. And, um, I mean, they learned everything from Muay Thai to wrestling to jujitsu to judo, cage tactics, cardio, nutrition, their diet. I mean, these, these guys put in so much work. It's unbelievable. So this, this all happened prior to the beginning of season one. Uh, how far out in advance did you have to deal with these guys, uh, to get them prepped to film the show? like about a month out before the show we had a two-week intensive camp and like and it was a real camp (laughs) it was like five hours a day of actual work um we actually had to take a lunch break i brought in friends in mixed martial arts so each actor had an individual pro with them and then we went through each drill starting with everywhere everything like from like your guards, all your guards, all your escapes, all these positions, all these takedowns, all these until like we did each individual art 
every day. And then when they finally got enough of the individual arts down, we started mixing and blending them down. My final goal was to put them in a regular class and see if you could tell the difference. So at the end of the two weeks, I brought them up to my gym and had them train with my pro fighters in the regular pro class. And you, they videotaped and everything. You couldn't tell the difference. And I was, I was really happy because you can't fake MMA. Like these guys are actually, even though it's stage fighting, they're still getting bruises, cuts, lacerations. The craziest stuff happens. I know season one is on iTunes now. It's also on other SVOD platforms. That would be something cool um, for fans to see. You you said that they filmed this whole experience. I mean, like if it came out on DVD as sort of like a a, a special feature. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I bet you they're they're saving that. Um, DirecTV owns it, and they've kept it. You know, the rights for a whole year where you could only have DirecTV to watch it. And they did really good just doing that, I think. I, I don't know if they're going to do a full release until... I, I would think that they have so much behind-the-scenes footage that they're going to be doing great things, like big DVDs and stuff. Um, we actually use some of the behind-the-scenes people in our, our actual show as behind-the-scenes people. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> everyone everyone has a great attitude that comes on set. I have uh, all of our real big-name fighters find different spots at the gym. So like you can't tell if you just glance, but like everyone that's fought pretty much has signed a wall or a chalkboard or a dry erase board. So you said that each of these guys, each of the actors uh, got lined up with a pro fighter uh, side by side with them. Any guys that our fans might know about? Um, I'm not sure. Other than me, I mean, had great friends like uh, Cub Swanson, who she's fighting a bunch of other pros like Georgie come in. My buddy George um, Burton, who's one of my pros, and then a couple of my a uh, couple of my just students coming in. They've actually they they get to work with everyone. The other day, uh, I can't really name who was training, but we all got to train together um, because these guys that are fighting our actors on the show still have fights lined up, you know, like a month out, month and a half out. So they got to train when they come down here. Yeah, no kidding. And what about about yourself? I mean, you are the MMA show consultant for this, but do you take what you do with these guys as part of your training or or are you still training outside of this? It's, it's fun. It's kind of like muscle memory of, you know, like when you coach, it helps you think of the muscle and fire that, particular muscle um those are all like it's good to coach but that doesn't really count as training i work with a guy a doctor mr calvita he helps me does my vo2 levels at the training lab tells me you know how much i have to be running what i have to be doing and that's all done actually after after we do a season i normally get in a really good shape (laughs) the last time i i wanted to show the actors what it what it felt like. So I, I actually even took a fight in between seasons. I was so inspired by how hard they worked. And that, then uh, I ended up losing a split decision. So they got the whole emotional training camp with me. And then they got the whole like, Oh, split decision. So they really, when you see them out there, they know the ups and downs. They've wanted to vomit in their mouth. <laughs> They've been cage side. 
That's amazing. Now, of these actors that that you deal with, um, which one of them, if any, do you think could actually take this on as as like sort of a side career? Okay, well, that's a very good question. Now, as far as how far would be as, as much as like how far, how much they had put in. Like if they would, if any of these actors would have put in the same time they put into acting as in training, they would all be champions, different organizations. Like wow. they're athletically. They're all athletes. You give me an athlete, I'll give you a winner. Like these guys perform. Um, Tucker outlifts me. Um, his legs are freaky strong. Matt Laria literally, <laughs> for day one, wanted to show me how, how high he could jump, and he out jumped me by almost a foot. Um, you saw Nick jump into a flying triangle, episode one, season one. There, there's no wires. He did that. The first time I taught him a flying triangle, he did it. He landed it. Um, I, it's just, I, we'd never taught them anything wrong. You know, there's no lazy jab. There's no, there's no, when you watch the fights, we choreograph grabbing the fence or grabbing the shorts. Um, it's all put in, you know, and they drill it to give it the look and the feel. Um, it's just like any other fighter would do to train for a big fight the week of, they would just pretty much do drills and repetition of game plan that's what i do with them and then uh it shows i'm sure some of it pretty it gets pretty intense when they're in the cage filming the fight scenes and whatnot uh has any of it gone a little too far it's never that's a really good question because actually the actors and the state of mind they have to be in when they're there to to really sell it um out there they talk about time again and you know having to make sure that they don't go into a scene that they're angry in, actually angry, because you don't want to let that anger take control. It's the same thing when you're doing the choreograph. You got to look violent, but you have to be in complete control. And I mean, any pro that fights should know why they're fighting. And then when you know why you're fighting, fight harder. And then uh, these actors, they know why they're fighting. They're, they're fighting so the world can see it. That's why they're putting in so much time and all this work. It's amazing. Now, when the show got announced and, and leading into season one, it, it was announced, obviously, the big news was that Nick Jonas was going to be on the show. Um, did you think that, I mean, there was a little bit of flack having that this guy was a Jonas brother and whatnot. Did you guys feel any of that going into this? Uh, here, here's the God honest truth. The first time I met Nick, he walked into Master Toddy's LA training center, shaved head, board shorts, and a regular shirt. He for the first two weeks that I met him, he looked like me. <laughs> the first time I saw him on set, I, I, I couldn't, I thought there was glitter. I was like, what the heck? Uh, I think at the time he was dating Miss Universe or, uh, and like literally he was dressed up, you know, in jeans, and nice button down shirt. And I was like, wow, I'm just not used to seeing you like this. He goes, well, this is what I normally look like, Joe. He's a great kid. Um, he brings so much. I have a, a fighter that fights for me that's diabetic. And when Nick does his scenes, like one of the fight scenes, he lost like seven pounds. Wow. Um, eight pounds, one of the cuts. And that's really hard to do when you have diabetes. That's the commitment he had. I have a fighter that did the same thing just because he saw Nick and all these kids that come up and tell me, you know, how they're just inspired. And that's what it's all about. Fighters have to be optimistic because something's got to push you in that last minute of the third round. 
No kidding. Now, you you spoke about being the show's MMA consultant leading up to season one and getting them prepped for it. But what does your job look like day in, day out with the filming of the season? Oh, well, what happened is sometimes I'm in shot because I play Joe Daddy Stevenson. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I'm out of shot. Um, and when I'm out of shot, I'm normally behind the monitor watching, making uh, making sure everything goes you know, according, like, there's no mistakes in the background. The guy did a fake punch or, or like, they have a wrong type of equipment on. The cool thing about MMA is there's so many different ways to train. What, like, sometimes you'll see the background, they'll have no gloves on. Sometimes you'll see the background, they'll have small gloves, they'll have big gloves. I go out there and um, I order, like, the best equipment, like harness, ropes, everything. That way... Like you can see if you're a fan and you watch the show, you'll learn cool drills to do at home. No kidding. So for those fans that haven't seen season one, um, just let them know about what kingdom is and season two premieres on direct TV, October 14th. Just let them know what they can look forward to when that season debuts. Well, after you watch season one, you'd be addicted. It's literally like a drug. If you like MMA, (laughs) you'll love this. Um, if you like drama, you'll love this. It pretty much builds into a season two that, you know, a bunch of turmoil. And now we have some new additions like Alicia, who's played by Natalie Martinez. She comes in and is one of our girl fighters, puts on um, some amazing, amazing stuff out there. It, and it just builds just like a normal gym would. And it grows just so did Navy Street. It just grew bigger and bigger. Season two got like double the size, literally. Um, all the action, the fights, everything. It's been, uh, it's been so amazing, so tiring, but so amazing. Um, the big thing is everything that happens in MMA happens at Navy Street. That is awesome. I I can't wait for season two. Up here in Canada, we get it on Bravo TV. So if you guys didn't think we could get this direct TV show in Canada, we can. It's on Bravo. So check it out when it premieres. Let's talk about your fighting quickly here before I let you go. Um, You said you had that split decision loss in your last bout against Dominique Robinson. Um, You've had a little bit of a losing skid here. What do you think? Not a little bit. Six Six fights, like <laughs> okay. I, you, a, a I didn't want to be game. mean. <laughs> That's a horrible, bro. That's horrible, man. Um, what that boils down to is like a lot of times in the UFC, I couldn't really pull out a fight because I had to pay the bills with my wife and kids. Yeah. And then um, I fought injured often, <laughs> and then I just kind of continued that uh, fight right before Dominic. I believe I was drunk. <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, point in my life. I wasn't drunk for the fight, but I was drinking every day up to it. Um, I had to make a decision and stop drinking. I've been sober for three years now, so I'm really excited. I put a lot of what's happened in my life on my sobriety. That was the fight against um, Dakota Cochran? Yeah, like, I tore my tag. I had a million excuses. I definitely shouldn't have fought. But Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so you think that you're saying six fight losing skid? Um, a lot of it had to do horrible. with a lot of yeah, horrible. You're saying exactly. I didn't want to be mean and say that, but six oh, no, fights. Bro. It's just food, bro. Um, I mean, in the fight game, you got to be realistic. My like my last opponent, I picked Dominic Robinson. I could have picked anyone. Dominic's tough. Like I didn't want to give me fight. I don't want to give me fight ever. 
next time I fight, it won't be a gimme fight. Like, it's just, that's not why you fight. I hate people that sell tickets to get easy wins and then go brag the fans. Yeah. You know what? That guy is not the man. The man is the dude that works the nine to five, ran before he went to work, went to the gym afterwards, and then comes home to his family. Like, it's just amazing. I've watched this sport grow, and it's become so big. When I was a kid, I was 16 with my first pro fight. Um, I fought like three people that had fought in the UFC before graduating high school, <laughs> and no one really knew about it. And now, like, now everyone knows about it, but they kind of just know a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And And as you say, Looking at it, the sport has grown so much around you. Saying that you, you fought your first pro fight at 16, people may look at this, this your record, and see this six-fight skid and think that the sport has overgrown you. What do you, what do you say about that? Well, I mean, the God honest truth is you can come into the gym and train with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone, you could ask anyone. Maybe maybe some of it was on some like performance anxiety, maybe... I mean, Dominic was a little big, but it all pretty much is just excuses. The difference between a champion and a loser is the loser quit. The champion continues. And it's not like I want to keep on fighting. I want to get a W. I have no, I have a lot of long-term goals that I still think I can reach and some short-term goals ahead of me. Is that long-term goal to get back to the UFC? Uh, I, I don't... I, I don't long for it. No. Um, there came a point in time when I was fighting and it was just to pay the bills. So that changed that whole longing. And I think that's important. Like, I don't want to get there for the wrong reason. If it happens, it's in God's hands and it's going to be great. But there's no way I'm going to lower myself or put myself to where, oh, I have to do that. My goals are simple. My next goal ahead of me is win a fight. <laughs> That's that's my goal. When do you think we'll see you back in the cage? You might see me fight. Oh, man, I can't tell you. <laughs> oh. Come on. Nice. All right. Well, let's end it there. Joe Daddy Stevenson, anything else you want to tell us about Kingdom uh, before we let you go? Uh, it's simple. Um, watch Kingdom. Watch the background. Watch the drills. If you don't know anything about UFC or about MMA you will learn it through the show. Um, it, that's my job is to bring MMA to the world. That's how I feel because we're going to South America. We're going to Europe, China, like everywhere. And I feel like I get to show what I feel my flair of MMA is to the rest of the world. And I'm excited. He is Joe Daddy Stevenson. He is the MMA consultant for Kingdom, and we can hopefully see him back inside the cage very, very soon. Joe, just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. Uh, I think I have a Twitter. Uh, I think it's Joe, Joe Stevenson, at Joe Stevenson. <laughs> uh, that's about it. You, if, if you're my friend on Facebook, I don't have a Facebook fan page um, because I never really got into that. I, I have, like, one follower on Instagram because I don't do that either. Uh, it's to, just distractions. It's like when I get a phone game and they're really, really fun, I totally lose track of what I'm supposed to do. The MMA game like hasn't actually passed you by. The social media game has. 
Dude, yeah, yeah. There you go. I, MMA. I just focus on MMA. My whole day is a, is like about winning and fighting and positioning and strategizing. Everything, everything you could imagine about MMA happens to me all the time. Like every day, we're planning a tournament. We're planning our fights. We're planning. We have our own fight show. We have so much in front of us that it's like nonstop. And I'm going back to commentating. Awesome, man. Thanks a bunch, Joe. It's, it's been a blast, man, and I definitely want to have you on again, uh, maybe midway through season two, later in season two, just to chat, shoot the shit, have some fun, man. You should, you, oh, dude, call me after, like, episode seven. We should talk before. Oh, yeah, there's some good, there's a lot of good stuff on this one. Some of the best, some of my best work ever is, you know, put into this season, so we should, we should meet up a couple times though definitely will do um he is joe stevenson thanks a lot man i I really appreciate it thank you bro take care that was joe daddy stevenson what an awesome interview um can't wait to see him back in the cage he and as he said despite this crappy six fight losing skid he still has mma on his shoulders he still thinks he can compete with the big boys hopefully we'll be able to see that sooner than later so thanks to joe for joining me Thanks to Devin Sawa, the actor, the UFC, the MMA fan, for joining me earlier in the show. And thank you to you guys for listening to Sucker Radio this week. As always, make sure you like us on Facebook at MMA Sucker. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash MMA Sucker. Myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. And thank you to my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com for all your championship belt needs. FloatHouse.ca. With two new locations in British Columbia in Surrey and Langley. Check them out at floathouse.ca for all your sensory deprivation tank needs. And as always, bckimonos.ca for all your Brazilian Jiu Jitsu needs. Thank you all for listening. This was a great show. I will be back next week with an even bigger show. So, with that, I am out. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate, calibrate levels of greatness. That's when we collaborate. Mikey Brock and Jeremy Brand as we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and the yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out. <laughs>